What's up, everybody? This is Mark Moonshine with the Shotgun Mulligan Podcast. Here with my boys, CC Stats, Trackman. What's up, fellas? What up, Moonshine? What's up, Moonshine? What are we drinking tonight, fellas? A little multi Miller. <laughs> a little multi Miller Tuesday. Let me guess. You got a bourbon in your hand. Actually not, man. Got me a little dogfish head. Little uh sixty minute IPA. There you go. Get well, you a little I'm get you little hops. I'm I'm on the trifecta tonight. I started with a very multi Mick Ultra. Then moved on to a glass of not very good vino. Now I'm on a little Jefferson's. Oh, okay. <laughs> the bourbon coming in. <laughs> and you got the America hat going today, so that's right. I'm, America, baby. 1776. 1776 coming soon. Hey, on that on that note, uh, CC Mr. Stats, uh, Mr. Gibbs showed up to the golf course today with a branded Bills West Virginia hat. Mm. Looking kind of crispy, but not as crispy as the ones you got. Had the American flag rocking right in the uh, West Virginia. Apparently he's, like par- apparently he's set in stone what team he's playing for, I guess. <laughs> I'm a West Virginia boy, true, true and true, man. <laughs> so did anybody play this weekend? Uh, I did not. I watched a little golf, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but no, I did not. Once again, did not play much golf this weekend. What about on Friday? I'll be, I'll, again, I oh, find, sorry. That, I find oh, that BS. I forgot. Because I forgot. you played in a tournament that I was supposed to play in. I forgot. I totally forgot. All, right. All right. It's okay. Just explain. Where did you play? I did. You I did. So I take it back. I did play this weekend. I played out at uh, played Friday morning out at Laurel Hill Golf Club as part of the scholarship scramble for part of the first tee. Uh, had an awesome, awesome time with some of my boys. Um <laughs> That was not track man. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, a couple guys that I know. Uh, well, two guys that I know. One guy that I did not know. We went out and started uh, started with a par, but uh, eagled two of the first four holes to go four under, and we're on a roll ten under through ten holes, and then breaks kicked kicked in there, and we didn't do much after that. Only had three birdies like in the last six, and finished in a measly fourth place. So did you go? Didn't, did you didn't go bring the- it home? Sounds like you went on the defense and not the offense, like uh, against what our boy John Howe told us last week. <laughs> I wouldn't say we went on the defense because we knew we needed some more birdies. We just uh, we had a couple holes where we struggled putting the ball in a prime position off the tee, and we had some guys that could hit the ball. Me not being one of them, I, I, that we were if we're using my drive, we got a little longer shot into the green. So the old hybrid silly. Um, <laughs> No, so um, I was actually curious. Did you get to use one of those? I think you like paid a couple bucks to have one of the the first tee cats um, hit one off the tee for you. I did we did? Uh, they do it at number seven there, the par four. It's the it's for us. It was two. I think it was playing about two sixty five from the white tees. We all ripped them. Put mine in the fairway. One guy put it, I think, just right of the bunker down in the short. One guy double cross left so we and i don't remember where the other one went but so we walked up there and i paid the money young lady who was a first tee participant straight two balls onto the green one was about 30 feet from the hole 
we drained it for Eagle. Nice. So, I got a now, start. now I know why you're scoring because you have other people hitting for you. <laughs> That's right. It. That's I right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, it was uh, it was a good time overall. I think they raised about 25 grand that day for the scholarships for the scholarship scramble. So good time I had at a Laurel Hill golf club. It's part of your Fairfax County park authority golf courses, but good time. And that's, a, that's at uh, the first TDC. Am I right? Uh, at first TDC on the gram. Perfect. Had Track to do a little shout out. Did you get out there? Nope. I, uh, I was on a little vacation, um, went out to a buddy's wedding in California, yay. jumped out there a little, I don't know, I was probably there for less than 36 hours, a little uh, six hour flight out, partied for 24 hours, six hour flight back and um, showed up this morning to uh, play around with my guy, Mr. Moonshine. Had a good old round at old Hickory. Gotta love it. Woodbridge. You ever, you ever played there? No, it was the first time. I really liked it. It's pretty coarse, especially in the fall. Um, give me, give me your, uh, give me your thirty-second recap on old Hickory. Thirty-second recap is you're just gonna have to follow on at Shotgun Mulligan Pod because we got some videos coming out. I can't, I can't disclose too much, but. You know, we had a good day. It was beautiful. It started a little chilly, obviously, in the morning. Uh, cleared up. Your boy Trackman was hitting some good drives, cranking them on the front, front nine. And overall, we played some decent golf. Um, Putting-wise, we were – I was on in the front nine more than the back nine, but your boy Trackman came in and started putting better in the back nine, so his score definitely went up. And your boy broke 90 today. That's big for me, man. It's been a little while. I've been on the 90s train for quite some time. Uh, felt good oh, oh. to get down, get down into the uh, old 80s. Well, 6,600 yards, too. You, play, you played a hell of a round. I just couldn't believe how many lips I burned. My putts were on and just – I was like Rory at uh, – uh, what is it? Payne's uh, Valley. Rory at every week. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. True. But, man, I just – I had the speed. I had the touch. Hey, just, don't don't – don't peak too soon with the KS1. No, I will never peak too soon. I'm coming in hot. But I was um, I was a little salty that my speed was perfect for a lot of the holes. I mean, the first two, I think I was off. But there were a bunch of lips. I mean, Mark was just – Mr. Moonshine was just, like, praising my putting. And it just was – Well, it was just was one of those days. Lips. You had the speed. You were getting the speed down. I said, you know, it's just going to take one of those days – where you get the line just a little bit better and you would have drained all of those. It's just one of those things. I appreciate it. You're a competitor, but I do appreciate the compliment, my friend. So your boys, we had the uh, Shriners last weekend. Um, I don't know if you all got much time to watch that, but your boy Martin Laird gets the win after um, the guy hasn't won, I think, since 2013. It's been quite some time. Do you guys watch much of it? I'm just – I'm going to open up. I didn't get to watch as much as I uh, I would like because I was traveling, but um, CC Stats was um, making sure I was filled in, and I'd like him to give the breakdown. But, man, he came in at the end and made it fun to watch. Yeah, I watched a little bit uh, Saturday afternoon. Wasn't a lot going on, but I tell you what, the last hour, 
on the last three holes were it's about as interesting as that uh the blessings last week you had martin laird i don't if you, the two shots that he hit one on number nine with a plug lie out of the bunker to make i think birdie or eagle i'm not even sure which he did but it was just a hell of a shot no matter what it was and then the shot he hit on 17 might have even been more impressive with a one-stroke lead albeit he ended up bogeying on 18 but the shot he hit where he had to mark i don't know moonshine i don't know if you saw it but he had a downhill lie out of the rough, had to punch it under a tree into a collection area and let it roll up onto the green. And damn if he didn't do it and hit it to about, I don't know, 14 feet and drained it for par to have a one-stroke lead going into 18. And then he fanned one out to the right on 18 and chunked his chip and made bogey. And then off they went to a playoff. But he won in the, won in the second hole in the playoff against uh, Wolf and uh, Austin Cook. So good for Martin Laird uh, getting back on the in the winner's circle there. Picking up the win at the Shriners, second win there. Good for him. So just real quick, um, just to, to kind of like uh, jump in there with, I, I don't know, I think about Wolf a lot. And to me, I'm like, man, he's a, he's a baller, but he's going to be somebody, a force to be reckoned with, I think, in the future as well. Would you guys agree? Oh, I agree. Totally agree. The kid can hit the ball. And not only can he hit the ball, he's um, – He's pretty good at shot making. And then you saw this last week he had a uh, hat trick for Eagles coming in. I mean, the guy can score. He can put in low numbers. So, always – he's one of those guys that on par fives, he can definitely go low. He's always looking at the par – or below par birdie eagle number. Um, So, I think all all the time those guys can score when they're good on par fives. It's always a good good sign. Yeah, he – you know, we've talked about his swing before and everybody knows about it. And I, and obviously his swing kind of makes him stand out, but I saw a cool video of him. I think today it was kind of a, had like a tracer on his, his club head of how he takes it back, how far out he takes it back. But man, does he, he drops it in the slot like he should and bombs it out there. But yeah, he's, he's going to be a force to reckon with on tour. I think um, he's probably the, one guy, him and Morikawa, over the past year or so, have been pretty consistent with their uh, with their games that have kind of put them in contention in quite a few tournaments. Obviously, Wolf's won and Morikawa's won. So, not making any early Masters predictions quite yet, but we'll see. We'll see if the young gun can uh, kind of put it up, put some numbers, low numbers up at Augusta here in a month. Oh, actually, thirty days, thirty yes. days from Augusta. Oh, I I will be at your house for. Four days straight. We'll be set up, ready to go. I was getting geared up a little tonight, boys. I was getting a little giddy. I fired up, fired up the YouTube, both TVs, had me a little 2019 Masters on, and want to have a good time. Just hit the trailer on YouTube. You just get a little nature scenes from Augusta. I can hear the music now, man. It's coming. So, uh, did you all see that my old Matty Fitz had some? Uh, special comments about Bryson DeChambeau. I know we keep bringing this guy up, but, I mean, he's the top story in golf pretty much right now or one of the leading stories with him driving all these greens, trying to change the game. But your boys keep hating on him. Someone each week, I feel like, comes out and has some some comments on his game. And what do you guys got to say about that? Yeah, I thought they were interesting. I, I, I saw it the other day, and – I was I read him right before we hopped on here saying Matty Fitz said he could put on 40 pounds and go see a bio 
biomechanist, mechanist, and you know, gain forty yards and yada yada yada. A bio kombucha. 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 Yeah, and his his whole thing is is it's it's he thinks the skill is hitting it straight. I don't know if that's necessarily the skill. I don't. I'm not saying I like what Bryson's done, but I I, I don't know where Matty Fitz is coming from on this one. That's kind of the interesting thing. And I know you guys saw on the flip side, you got JT and Father Time, Mr. Nicholas, coming out and making their comments. Father that, Time. Uh, <laughs> saying that it, does, it actually is skill. So, I mean, you got both sides um, to the debate. It's, um, I mean, I think Matty Fitz probably wishes he could put on 40 pounds and bomb the ball out there. I mean, he's probably about 100 and, 170 pounds soaking wet. So, yeah. Well, I think, um, I think Fitz, I don't, I don't know if I agree with where he was coming from. I actually really like the the kid and I like the way he plays, especially this past couple of years. He's, he's been, you know, going up the leaderboard. He's been doing a hell of a job, but, the, but I think a, the quote was um, the only thing I can compete with Bryson with now is putting. And I give Bryson credit because if you hear that in a, and somebody brings it up in a press conference, he said, Sounds like a compliment to me. Yeah, Bryson said, I would actually, he goes, I would say it actually takes more skill to do what I'm doing. I still believe I'm hitting it straighter than I was last year with the distances that I was hitting back then. So I actually appreciate those comments. Well, I see this trend. I see this trend though, fellas, of the European hate toward the American game. I mean, how many times did people come out against Tiger over the years about him bombing the golf ball and hitting wedges in the greens. You know, he wasn't hitting many fairways, but it's a similar kind of game. I mean, you see Brooks Kepka for uh, last, you know, the season before when he was winning these majors and the, the one before that where he's bombing the ball. I mean, it, you got Rory and Matty Fitz, two guys. I mean, Rory hits the ball a lot farther than Matty Fitz, but it's this European game where they usually hit it straighter and, uh, a little more maybe precise than the Americans, but I think they're a little salty about the success of the Americans recently. Good, a good take on it. I kind of, I kind of agree with that a little bit. Um, yeah, and it kind of sets up a showdown for next uh, next fall with the Ryder Cup. So, yeah, I think I think there are some people. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm salty on it. I I don't understand. I, I don't understand why Bryson feels that he needed to do this or needs to do this. I mean, obviously I will say so far it's paid off for him. I think we've talked about this before. What's it going to look like in the long run? Is this, can this be sustained over two years, four years, 10 years, whatever? I mean, maybe. Um, I'm really interested to see what he's going to do if he, if he decides, which I think he probably will pull out this 48 inch driver at Augusta and any other course moving forward. So it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, this. I love, um, I mean, going into the Ryder Cup, the Ryder Cup talk, I love Justin Thomas coming in, has his back. He's like, I think it takes a lot of skill to jump in there, lift the weights, find your ball speed, hit these new clubs, hit it far, get it moving. Oh, and by the way, uh, get it up on the green and make your putt. I, I I don't know. I, I loved, I love the back from the Americans, but I do go back to Fitz because I, 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 I really like the guy, <laughs> but um, 
now I just feel like it's it's uh it's USA versus the world, which I guess it's always been, or you know, from a Ryder Cup standpoint. But now it's like this guy's going to be one to to hit it out there for everybody, you know. Well, I think the article that I read too, I think it's going to be interesting because you know the USGA published their their distance insight report back in February and COVID hit. And so they've decided to delay their uh, action until March of next year. So we'll see, we'll see how that might affect some things. If they decide to dial some things back, whether it's the ball or whether it's some, some technology or whatever, bring back the Balata ball. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I, I think, I think March might be a telling thing depending uh depending on what the, what the USGA decides to do. Yeah, I believe so. So, your boys, we got uh, another Vegas tournament coming up, the CJ Cup. I don't know if you all have looked into picks for DraftKings yet. Um, Shadow Creek, baby. Shadow Creek. Trackman's favorite course there, man. So, uh, well, so what we got going on the, on the CJ Cup? I've, I've dove into my picks just a little bit. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford all three of these guys in the uh, DK pool. Oh, here we go. Because they're all probably going to be pricey, but these are three guys that are hot on tour or have been hot. Actually, no, they're hot. All three of them are hot, let's be honest. One is the guy we started k- kicked this all off with, Matthew Wolf. I think he's he's probably going to be right up there. Um, Xander Shoffley, he's another one. He had a good U.S. Open. He's played pretty consistent over the past two months. Um I wouldn't call Shadow Creek a major venue, but he seems to play well when the uh, spotlight's on a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, and then the last one is the the other guy that's caused a big controversy in the world of golf who won last week at the the, on the European tour is Tyrell Tyrell, excuse me, Tyrell Hatton winning with his hoodie on. That's the other – I think that might be the bigger controversy than Bryson's – Bryson's distance right now. Jeez, oh, flips. Everybody in the hoodie hoodie talk. So I want to chime in on that. Um, I don't know if anybody's following Hayflife, but um, he had some uh, some some comments on that because uh, he's uh, one to go out there and, and play with a couple clubs in his bag, nice and relaxed, has his camera. But uh, he's always got a hoodie on, and he's getting chirped. So I didn't realize that Mr. Hatton was wearing it. He's somebody that I normally have in my lineup. And I love that he just, he won it and he won it in style, especially from a Muni perspective, the way that we play, like throw a hoodie on. But my picks of the week so far, I threw some in because I'm different than you, Mr. CC Stats. I actually put him in early just in case now because I don't want to miss miss anything. There's a surprise. with five missed cuts last week, here you go. I got Mr. Fleetwood, Gooch, Adam Hadwin, who I think I think there's a chance, 17 and 19 cuts. Mr. Kokrak, uh, uh, Moonshine's boy. I've never picked him in my life, but I put uh, Mr. Rory McElroy in my lineup and Mr. Xander Shoffley. Um, so That's a pretty I'm, solid lineup. I'm starting there. I've got a hundred dollars remaining and I'll probably get rid of Rory by tonight so that I can bring somebody else in. But, um, you know, I don't like second guessing myself. I throw it out there and sometimes cash cash happens. So they like with we- five missed, five missed cuts happen. What was the, what, what was it last, um, last week, CC, um, the record PGA was like, it was like the record low, low, 
score for I mean it was crazy. I mean I looked it was like at my eleven team. under was the cut or yeah, something. Yeah, I looked at wow. my team and the lowest guy I had was minus one, my pick of the week, Maverick Manili. Manili. But all my other guys were six under and they all missed the cut. I mean, I think all of us well, I know myself, I think Moonshine, you you and I both combined had one guy make the cut. Patrick yeah. Cantley. What about yeah. you? What do you about you, track man? I think I had one one last week make the cut as well. I um, at that point I had just given up at looking at it, so you'll have to give me a minute to uh, double back and see. But it was brutal, man. Everyone was under par. I was like, man, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do well. I'm gonna win some cash, and next thing you know, I have five missed cuts with like six under, seven under, five under. You know, it's just ridiculous. What but, do you What do you guys think on that? I mean, I mean TPT Starmalin. I think it's no. I mean, it's not a hard course but i mean that's that's crazy to have low scores as low as they were i mean does that make you think that technology is is playing into it a little bit with the distance and everything else i mean obviously i mean bryson drove a 314 yard hole with an iron last week yeah i mean i think they just need to look at more close at venues or if the venue isn't as challenging they need to find a way to make it more challenging i don't know whether it's cut up the rough a little more I mean, I know there's probably some barriers in Vegas and, you know, the Southwest and what their courses and what they can do just from different turf and things like that. But I think either making the course more challenging if you've had consistently people have low scoring average on the course or hosting it somewhere else that's more difficult. I mean, these guys are getting too good. So so I think it's a good point. I mean, yeah, I so- agree. So on that note, with the way that, that everything was playing, um, Moonshine today <laughs> – with the wind at his back, pulls up a driver. I think it was like a 395, 410-yard hole. Bunker to the left, uh, early, later bunker to the right, maybe at like 275 on the right-hand side. Moonshine, with the wind at his back, smoked this thing like, I don't know. It was well over 300 yards, which, which I just lost my mind because I don't hit it far. But thinking of these guys – hitting it and obviously the holes are longer and everything's fine, but they're smoking the ball. Like the average, I think the top 100 is over 300 yards. So if you're playing any of these courses now and they're running out, you're hitting it 300 carry and it goes 305, 310, 320. And then you're, you're wedge in great. Like, but that's just a, it's bonkers to me. I just, I mean, it, it, watching them go that low is crazy. I'm, I think Moonshine would probably have gone like ten under in, in that tournament. He might have, <laughs> probably, he, he man. Might, he might, he might have uh, made the cut, <laughs> possibly. Or it would have been brutal that he hit, he made the, he, he was there at like nine under and then didn't make the cut. And it's like, oh, it's his best performance. But. Well, real quick, I think it goes to show you too when you play on some of these harder courses that. Your short game is you got to have a good short game out there because don't get me wrong. A place like TPC Summerlin, pretty flat area that it's out there. The courses aren't, I mean, the course probably doesn't have a lot of undulation. I I don't know. It's just, I think that plays into it. You you got guys can go at it and, you know, if you knock it in close within 10 foot range that, you know, probably 65% of the time they're making that putt for birdie. So. That probably helps too, and obviously the distance thing helps. But yeah, I agree with Mark. I think if you can, I don't know how much you can tweak TPC Summerlin out there. Um, 
to make it harder. I, I would be interested to see how they do that. I mean, can you pinch the fairways or put some more bunkers in there and things like that? I don't know. But I'm not a big fan of 22, 23, 24 under winning a tournament. I'm okay with like 12, 13, 14 under. Ideally, I'd like some minus 10 and lower, but I know that can't happen all the time. Especially with your game. Just kidding. Chirps, 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 So my um, – I got a couple picks for you guys for this week. Not that anyone, again, should take my advice because your boy had five missed cuts as well last week. But your boy Gary Woodland, the old American boy, was on Twitter hitting some irons on Shadow Creek. He's my sleeper of the week. He hasn't played very well this year. His finishes aren't so solid, but 28th in driving distance. The Shadow Creek is running about 7,500 yards, so I think a longer driving player is going to do well this week. And, I mean, just the swing looked pure. I don't know what else to say about it. So I just got a good feeling. He said he's got a good feeling going in the week. So I got the old Gary Woodland as my sleeper. And then as my top pick of the week would be your boy JT. I mean, the man has had 12 top tens this year, just consistently in the mix. I think he was uh, top 10 in both, you know, the U.S. Open and the Tour Championship. He was second, I believe. And just as consistent, even if he doesn't have a great week this week, he's usually always in the mix. I mean, he usually doesn't miss a cut. Uh, usually he's around there somewhere. So I think your boy JT's got a good chance of doing well this week. Gary Woodland, uh, that's a good pick. I think he's he's a little well-rested. I think he had a knee injury he's coming off of. So um, I don't know how much he's played over the past month or so. So that's, I think that's a pretty uh, pretty astute pick there. I like it. Um, and JT, you can't go wrong with. I think he's probably had a little time off watching Roll Tide win at the Blessings last week, probably got him energized and getting ready for this week. So, yeah, those, those are two solid picks. Uh, you can't go wrong with Gary Woodland. I, li- I like the dude. He's class act. Both of those guys. I mean, we are Alabama golf's biggest fans right now, so roll tide, right? Roll tide. So, coming up this week, uh, we're going to highlight some sports performance and golf, um, hopefully talk to some at least one top personal trainer in the golf industry. And I hear that there may be a Cali Craig debut potentially on Thursday. So, so uh, everybody needs to keep a listen out for that. But uh, what I wanted to talk about next boys is uh, old CC stats sent out a video getting us juiced about the masters. And I want to talk about our best masters memories over the years. Who wants to lead that one? 30 days away, 30 days from good old Fall Augusta National. I saw that just to uh, kick this off, we're talking about Augusta, that Augusta National opened up to the members because, you know, it only opens up in the fall, so it's all ready to go. It's nice and green. But, yeah, the Masters, what a special place. Um, Moonshine, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've got the awesome opportunity to go twice over the past 10 years. Um, I think a couple of memories for me, honestly, my first, my first time visiting other than somebody winning the tournament, my first time visiting, um, was only for a practice round on Wednesday. We got there bright and early. I was with my father-in-law, um, good old Jim Folk. And, um, I remember 
he's telling, we were talking, he was showing me around a little bit. And I honestly said to him, um, don't be offended, but I'm not going to walk with you anywhere on the course. I kind of want to just look at it myself and walking out onto the first fairway where you have the massive master scoreboard. I literally stopped and paused and I'm pretty sure there was a couple of tears in my eyes. Um, Cried like a baby. I didn't, I didn't I cry it. like a baby, but it just choked me up a little bit. Um, cool experience. First time out there, I got to watch Tiger in a practice round, kind of yuck it up with a couple of donks, and uh, then got to go to the par three, which was pretty cool, and um, sat out on the sixth hole at the par three and watched golfer after golfer hit shot after shot and just kind of get up close and personal with them a little bit. Um, so that's, my, that's one of my tops uh, experiences. And then I think – um, watching it over the past 10, 15, 20 years, that shot that Bubba hit in 2012, um, out of the pine straw, hooked it around the corner, knocked it on the green, and just the emotion that he had when he won. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other ones that I have um, last year, but I'll save some of those for another time, another talk, because I know we're going to have a little bit more Masters talk here in the next few weeks, so. Watching Bubba cry, I mean, I sorry, I'm an emotional guy, and, like, everyone gave him so much crap for crying. Come on. I would have cried like an absolute baby if I won the Masters. I cried I, when he won his first tournament. I, I would have cried if I beat, to beat one of you guys on the golf course. If I beat <laughs> one of you guys on the golf course, I'd probably cry with my visor on. <laughs> no, that was a good memory. So, um, my couple, I've got a few for you guys. When I started watching golf with my dad, he's a huge Jack Nicholas fan, as a lot of that generation was. But when Jack, I forget when, when in the 90s it was. I was very young, but it, I think it was early to mid-90s. Jack was making a run on the weekend, and it was kind of his last run at a title. I don't know if you all – if stats, if you remember what year that was, but – he, uh, he made a close run, but then ended up faltering a little bit, I think, on Sunday. Uh, but just seeing my dad's excitement about golf and about the Masters, I think that got me more into golf and then more into Masters. And I, I remember watching that Masters and then watching the next generation come along when Tiger wins his first Masters, blows everybody away, wearing the long sleeve red, Sunday red. And then it was just kind of an opening to the the new generation of the game. I mean, just from then on, he just changed the game. But I, it was just kind of a, a sentimental one for me because I just remember watching that at my grandparents' house, both of those, the Jack one and the Tiger. And then uh, just a quick one was uh, when old Marco Mira drains the putt on the last hole. I mean, that just was awesome. I just remember watching the fans, you know, when they do the jump up, when people hit their last putt. And then him, just the pure joy, kind of like Bubba, just a dream. I mean, the guy, you know, won some PGA Tour events, was a pretty decent player on the tour for years. But to win his Masters, it was just like another level for that guy. So those are mine. I think real quick, uh, the sentimental piece, I think we all, all three of us have it. I know Trackman and I with our, our parents and grandparent, grandfather watching that and whether it was a Saturday or Sunday in the, in, during the third or fourth round. Um, I mean, I just can remember so many different things. Like I remember being at our aunt's house for Sunday dinner when Mickelson won his, his first masters and he's making that charge down the end and he sticks that wedge close on uh, 
I think it was 14, um, just spun it back and almost went in the hole and he makes birdie and he goes to 18 and drains Drano to, to make the putt. I mean, the place is just special. It's, and if you've never been there, I mean, everybody says it, you've heard it probably a million times. It TV does not do it justice. And I know Trackman's going to lead into this. It doesn't do it justice. And he went last year for the first time and he can speak to that. And I will speak to that because that is one of my, I was going to go into to some other memories first before I would, I got the pleasure to get out there and also get the pleasure to go out with my cousin. Um, shout out to uh, my, my uh, uncle-in-law, I guess, who uh, pulled the tickets for the Wednesday uh, par three round and then said, you know what? I had to give it to a client. Uh, would you mind taking the Sunday tickets? Pause. And I said, what? You bet. 2019, we got to watch Tiger win it. So phenomenal memory. But going back into the, the rest of them, um, talk about special, man. It was it was wild just walking the grounds and not seeing um, – any of the bathrooms, any where, where, Hey, can I grab a beer? Where do I get a beer? Oh, you just, it's all just perfectly set up to where it's as beautiful as it gets. And you don't see these extra uh, tents or the bathrooms or, I mean, and not to mention walking right next to the pine straw, walking next to um, the patrons that are as excited as you are. I mean, like I can't even, I could do this. Oh, we could have a whole podcast on this one. But um, my first memory, I think it was um, um, actually going back into CC stats at the Sunday sauce. We were always getting the, the Sunday dinner, uh, the pasta dinner over at our aunt's house. Uh, Greg Norman missing the chip on the nine, 96 for Faldo to win. Sir Nick Faldo to win. Do you guys remember that? Greg Norman, yeah. I just love the cowboy hat. I loved his his swagger. I love the way that he shock. But he fell backward after he missed this, and Falda just took advantage of that. He was like showing too much emotion. It's mine to win. Um, 2005 Tiger winning. I have, um, but I think it was um, Phil winning the third jacket when he went over Ray's Creek between those two trees. I don't know if it was, it was like a, it was a mid iron, I think, but it was on uh, 13 par five. Yeah. And he went through those two trees two putt. Was it a birdie? Yeah. He missed the, he missed the Eagle putt. Yeah. But two putt birdie. And then he went on to win, put the, put the third jacket on. Um, I thought Phil was going to be winning way more than that, way more after that. But that was a cool memory. I remember awesome. that shot right there. I was watching it with my wife. He hit that shot, and she's like, holy crap, that was a hell of a shot. And if your wife says that's a hell of a shot, like, oh, then yeah. you know that you got her hooked a little bit. I mean, Dude. I, I'm, 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 I'm giddy. I mean, we are 30 days away from Augusta National. 30 days in the fall. Crisp, in, cool, cool fall weather. And, and I'm and – I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think people have been given like a little this or a little that towards the fall masters, but you think about this, the next two majors are masters masters and we get one in the fall and we get one in the spring 
and we all know they're going to do a hell of a job with both of them, but seeing the trees changing colors for, for a fall masters gets me a little bit size boys. Let's go. I can't wait boys. It's insane. And you know, as we're talking, I just thought of another memory is my last little tidbit. So back when my parents were in college, my dad loves golf as we were just talking about was a rain delay in the masters and your boy gets down on the knee and asks my mom to marry him. Come on. There you go. There you go. No way. During the Masters? Yeah, dude. It was a rain delay. He was like, no, gonna, better, I, no better time, man. Can you uh, can you hold on a second? I might uh, see if I can go redo that with my wife real quick. <laughs> then old came your boy Moonshine years later. Yeah. Well, we're all excited about that one. <laughs> I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll share this at a later podcast date. But we need to come up with some favorite master traditions that we have. Maybe we've come come about doing in our households over the last ten years, fifteen years. I got my family has one. Not everybody partakes in it, um, but it's something that I've done over the last three or four years. I'll save that for a, as a teaser for another podcast as we get a little closer. And maybe you never know, boys. Maybe maybe uh, Shotgun Mulligan does a live podcast. Uh, with the masters going on in the background over at good old CC Stacked House. Sounds like a good plan, man. I'm down. Let's do it. Got to. A little early morning round of golf. Actually, we, I don't even know if we can do that because uh, the masters are going to be off by 5 o'clock due, right. uh, due to college football mm-hmm. coming on in the evening. Yeah, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to put off the golf maybe for uh, at the end of the weekend, you know, sometime – next week or something like that down at old Myrtle beach. So we'll celebrate then, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So your boys, it's been a good pod fellas. We, uh, we talked a lot about it. A lot of good things, masters memories. Uh, shout out to your boys at, at shotgun mulligan pod. We got some interesting videos coming out about the rounded old hickory. Uh, we got some things coming up in the future. Good shows. They look forward to. Your boy Tristan is studying his yardage book for the Myrtle Beach trip. And uh, 1776, your boy Moonshine signing off. We got CC Stats and Trackman. Another day. Let's get it, boys. Get at it. Hey, we love it. We love it. And uh, we look forward to you guys listening, and we appreciate it. Um, Follow at underscore Trackman underscore. And... Mr. CC underscore stats. Is that right? That's correct. And uh, Mr. Shotgun Mulligan himself, Mr. Moonshine. So we appreciate it. Um, We'll see you on the next episode, boys. Oh, yeah, boys. Have a good week. See you, boys. Have a good week. Hit him straight. Have a beer.